Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Balls and Whistles, a Highland news and media podcast looking at what's been going on in the world of sport around the Highlands this week. I am Andrew Henderson and as usual, I can't say as always because we've had plenty of holidays recently, but as usual, I'm joined by sports editor Will Clark. Will, how are you getting on? I'm living the dream, Andrew. How are you? <laughs> I'm not too bad. That was more positive than I was expecting for some reason, Will. Nah, well, it'll get more downhill as the pod goes on. That's usually how it goes. We're off to a good start. Yeah, we usually start off pretty chirpy, pretty bright, talking about some random stuff. And then the closer we get to the end, it's more along the lines of, yeah, let's just get this done. Yeah, although I've got no music lined up this week. What's going on? I don't know. What is going on? What's wrong? Are you feeling okay? No, it must be a really busy man. (laughs) You you could sing us a song if you like. Uh, I I think about three different songs went through my head there. And then I was like, what would you like me to say? No, either way, I'm probably not singing. So let's not do that. Ah, well. <laughs> that's we've not let good. the public down with no musical uh, opening number it's every now and then we just need to have a week without it to raise that anticipation for what the next one might be that's yeah. all it is well just noticed that uh, Stevie Gerrard's gone from Rangers mm-hmm. fancy the job <laughs> fancy the Rangers job mm-hmm. based on the strength of your fantasy football performance I mean, I did not have a great week last week. But we just get the fantasy football out of the way straight up this time, instead of at the end. Is that the way we're doing this now? Um, I don't think somehow I'm qualified to be Rangers manager, despite my achievements in fantasy football and any sort of management simulation game that there is out there. I'm not sure if we're allowed to name stuff, if that's free advertising or not. So um, I'll phrase it like that. I, I mean, in the fantasy football... I said last week that I had jumped up a couple of spots on the table and was closing in on Johnny Clark at the top. I've now slipped back down a couple of places. Last time I went from fourth up to second, and now I'm back from second down to fourth because I didn't have a brilliant week. But it's still pretty tight at the top. There's 29 points between me in fourth and Johnny in first. So, you know, I'd say that's competitive. Well, you were still towards the bottom having a quick look through you weren't quite the lowest scorer but you got 29 points compared to my 57 and a couple of guys on 79 being the highest scorers so um, i face some relegation you are currently third bottom but the two guys below you both joined a couple of weeks in and andy dixon matcha man andy dixon is now 25 points behind you so that looks like it's going to change at some point Bottom of the table, Andrew McLeod is on 415 points in total. Andy Dixon is on 449. You're on 474. Everybody else is over 550. So it looks like you're in a three-way race for the bottom of the table at the minute. Oh, well, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, you say that, but it hasn't exactly been getting better for you as the weeks have gone on. You just kind of started down there and you stayed down there. I'm the Ross County of fantasy football. Oh, no. Oh, that's... That, that may be harsh. We'll see how the season ends up with them. But yeah, so far, so far. I mean, Kenny have been playing well. I suppose you have had the odd decent week. You just haven't managed to overtake people. And, and the lack of me actually checking it hasn't helped, I suppose. Probably hasn't. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Um, I'm a busy man. <laughs> apparently so, because there's no music this week. And you don't have time to change your fantasy football team. So. I've no time to live in the fantasy world. Reality takes up too much of my time at the moment. I feel like there is a joke to be made there, and I'm not sure what it is. 
I'm not witty enough to make up a joke. So. No, neither am I. We'll leave yeah. that for people to write in with their suggestions for that. Why not? What um, a somber start. <laughs> we started off quite chirpy, then within about four minutes, it's gone absolutely tatties over the side. But oh well. I told you it was going to go downhill. Let's see if we can salvage it with some top Highland Sport chat. I didn't expect it to go downhill that quickly. That's the thing. You mentioned Ross County there. We're going to get onto them in a little bit because they're not playing this week or next weekend. So let's start with Cali Thistle because they do have games. At air last time out, it ended up being a 2-2 draw. They've got Dunfermline this weekend. New Dunfermline manager may be in place. I still don't think they've appointed anybody after Peter Grant, have they? I haven't just missed that, being in my fantasy world and not in the real world. Not at the time of recording, no. Not at the time of recording. Form table, league table, you have to believe Inverness are going to win this tomorrow, don't you? Um, well, they haven't won their last four games, have they? Dunfermline haven't won their last 13. I know, but... Is it 13? It's still 13, isn't it? I don't know, but you know, I expected them to win at Air United. I thought, uh, even though it was away from home, Air United weren't in great form. One mm. win in six. And they conceded a lead twice. So, and on paper, Dunfermline shouldn't be a bad team. They are, but they shouldn't be with the players that they have at their disposal. But at the same time... that. You look at the results in the draws. It was a draw against Inverness, and they uh, got a draw at Kilm- uh, sorry at home to Kilmarnock as well. So they are capable of picking up a point. Um, I, you know, and I think Cali Thistle will get a point tomorrow. But it's four games without a win, and it is a bit of a slump at the moment. Um, and trying to get over that hump um, can prove to be a bit difficult. So. I wouldn't say it's a foregone conclusion that Inverness are going to win on Saturday. But they conceded they took the lead twice against their United. You were at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, not great in the second half, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, Inverness definitely were the better team first half, and that showed in the scoreline. They had 2-1 lead going into the interval. I don't know what happened coming out for the second half at all. I think at the time I kind of thought, Air had really upped the ante and, and raised their intensity levels, moving the ball much quicker, were pressing Inverness much higher up the park. But the way Cali Thistle put it, Billy Dodds and talking to Scott Allardyce after the game, they felt as though they really dropped off at the start of the second half and weren't really entirely sure why. And that is a concern because, you know, we we're talking, I think, last week, the amount of 1-0 wins they had at the start of the season. They were on it for the 90 minutes and they were really solid defensively you know, they were focused, they were doing the little streetwise things that could see them over the line. And that all seemed to go out the window at the start of the second half last week. And to be fair, once it went to 2-2, it was quite a back and forth game. Both teams were trying to win it. It was quite open. Um, I don't think Inverness played badly at that point, but they just couldn't get that third goal to go and get the win. Same with Air. You know, they, they were playing reasonably well, couldn't quite do enough to get the ball over the line and, and get a 3-2 victory. But that sort of 15-20 minute spell start of the second half is a real concern for Inverness because it's so unlike what they were doing. Um, it's a bit of complacency maybe creeping in. That's the only thing you can really put it down to. And that's something that you wouldn't expect from the likes of Kirk Broadfoot, from the likes of Danny Devine, from Mark Ridgers, who have been around the block, have that experience, and quite frankly, should know better. You know, those three have done so many good things this season. You've praised Kirk Broadfoot many a time. Di Devine's maybe gone a little bit under the radar. Mark Richards would just come to expect him to make really good saves. But 
they have to be the ones that stepping up and leading at the back and not just playing well and actually giving the instructions to everybody else around them in midfield out wide as well to say this is where you have to be this is the job you have to be doing this is how we're going to see out the game um and there didn't seem to be that level of communication last week so again we've talked about them not scoring often enough and missing a lot of chances but if the defense had been the way it was at the start of the season they would have won last weekend I think that's really what it comes down to and what is going to be deciding for them going forward. I just wonder how influential the absence of David Carson has been to Inverness Cali Fissel. He's now um, cemented himself as a right back because of his performances in that position, even though he started as a midfielder. But at the same time, he's not a full back, he's more wing back. You know, he can create chances going forward um, as well as doing a job in defence because. He started off as a midfielder uh, with Inverness and he has probably become Inverness's most important player uh, in the second half of the last campaign, going into this campaign. Not just um, with his footballing ability, but um, his vocal presence as well. We've both seen it on the pitch. He can be a right monster when he wants to be. Um, he's not afraid to be aggressive and tell players how it is and you know, scare the living daylight of all the players um, with his, um, what's the best way to describe it? Not threatening, but, you know, just playing mind games, shall we say. Sure. Um, he had his uh, family bereavement, and then when he came back, he, had, he picked up an injury which kept him out. But has it coincided Cali Fissel's slump in form with his absence? Absolutely. And I don't think it's a coincidence. You're, you're talking about what he brings to the team on the pitch, not just on the ball, but you know that mentality, that steal, the aggression that he brings to that back line. I almost feel like this has been a bit harsh on Wallace Duffy because he's actually played pretty well the last couple of games from what I've seen. He had a tricky start once he came back in, still building up that fitness. He had Scott Allardyce moving out of position briefly to cover him at right back. The last couple of games, Wallace Duffy has been all right, but he doesn't give you that drive in the same way that Dave Carson does. Duffy is a good player, so I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but they're just different types of players. And Carson just seems to suit what Inverness need in that position when they're really needing to hold out and win games to keep staying in contention at the top of the league, just that little bit more. And you're absolutely right to point it out because I don't think it's a coincidence at all that when Carson came out of the team for completely understandable reasons, that's when Inverness stopped winning. You know, I don't think it can be a coincidence at this stage. Yeah, I'm going to give credit to Wallace Duffy as well. Um, when I saw him against Party Fissel, I thought he would have had an excellent game and uh, kept Party Fissel's chances to a minimum, along with the rest of the defence, did really well. But himself and David Carson are two different types of players. I think it's fair to say Wallace Duffy is the more mild-mannered type. Um quietly goes about his business whereas David Carson is the more aggressive um, when he's on the pitch as well and sometimes you really need that um, you know David Carson you know I've described him as a, as a leader on the pitch once he regains full fitness I think Billy Dawes will put him straight back in and I think his influence on the team will hopefully see a, a more positive um, results uh, for Cali Fissel you know, we've got to put it into perspective with some of these results. 
Going to Partick Thistle and getting a point is not a bad result. Going to Rafe Rovers and getting a point is not a bad result, even though Rafe Rovers were out of 10 men. Um, you know, Arbroath, one of the four teams in the league, I think they're top scorers in the league. But it's, you know, it was still a home defeat, which didn't go down too well. And uh, I don't know, maybe the, the performance of air was probably the worst of the lot, given that we're in the lead twice and conceded twice. Um, but this is a chance for Cali Fissel to put things right tomorrow, uh, and I hope so, because they're only a point away from Kilmarnock now. They could go back top if Kilmarnock don't win at Morton. So I think they will, because Morton are dreadful. I think that was one of the more disappointing things last week, though, that it was a missed opportunity as much as anything. Because if they had one, they would have been back at the top of the league right now. You'd have been saying the last few results haven't been great, but look at where they are. It doesn't matter too much. They're still leading the pack. That it was the first time, I think, this season that they'd been winning a game and didn't end up taking all three points. And the fact that that cost them top spot does put a, a much bigger cloud on it than it possibly could have been. I made the point last week, I don't think we're going to know how good or bad this last round of results are going to be for probably another couple of months. But it's sometimes quite difficult to see that far ahead when you're right in the middle of it. And the best thing they can do to go and do away with any doubts and any questions is to go and beat Dunfermline tomorrow. It, it really is as simple as that. Regardless of how they play, if they get the three points, everything's going to feel relatively fine again. It's good. It's, it's the most open league in years. You look at this time last season, and Hearts probably would have been away with it the season before Dungeon United. And there might have been an argument at the start of the season when you looked at Kilmarnock's team, you know, they could have run away with the league. But uh, Kilmarnock, they've lost at home to Inverness, they've lost at home to Rafe Rovers, and last week they lost at home to Partick Pistol, three of their main challengers for the title. So Kilmarnock obviously aren't going to run away with the league. Um, because if they w- were, they would have picked up results at home against the, the main title challengers. Yeah. Um, Kilmarnock, they also drew at Arbroath. So that should give everyone else hope that uh, Kilmarnock are catchable. Well, they are catchable. They're only one point ahead. But when you look at their team on paper, when you look at the budget they have, it's not working out for them. So it's it's the most open league in a while. Um, and you don't want to drop points, but at the moment, teams can afford to drop points because there's not one team running away with it. So you're right to say that Inverness will probably know what their last four games will impact on the rest of their season if they don't start picking up results quickly. So it promises to be a big weekend for Inverness, but it's the complete opposite of that on the other side of the Cassock Bridge at Ross County. Because they don't have a game this weekend, like I mentioned right at the very start. They also don't have a game next weekend. So it's a bit of a a weird period for them right now, the international break. It's a chance to maybe take a bit of a step back and reflect on things. And immediately, I suppose, to reflect on what, by the sounds of it, Will, you were there, you could tell me, was actually another decent performance against Rangers, albeit in a losing effort. Yeah. Decent. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, yes, they took the lead after five minutes uh, to Joe Hungbo. Great through ball from Regan Charles Cook. And uh, uh, Hungbo showed uh, composure and calmness to tuck away an excellent finish. But there was always the feeling Rangers were going to storm back. The first goal was really disappointing. 
uh, that Joe Arrigo scored. It was just a corner kick, beat the defence in the air from a very tight angle, um, which I think uh, the goalkeeper, uh, Maynard Brewer, should have done better with. That's my opinion. Uh, could have done nothing with the second goal. I don't know if you saw Ryan Kent's worldy. It was absolutely yeah. sensational. But the third goal, Shujin uh, Bakuna scored four minutes into the second half. Ross County invited him in. They were guilty of just backing off, backing off and letting them have a shot. And yes, it was the edge of the box, but if he gets any sort of power and accuracy on that, it's going to cause the goalkeeper problems. Unfortunate with the fourth goal, um, Alex Echeviti, it was a deflection when he was trying to clear it. But they were 4-1 up after just an hour. There were 30 minutes remaining. And then it was just a case of, let's go back into second gear from Rangers and just see the game out. Jordan White got a late consolation. And that's what gives Ross County hope. It's not the same Ross County as the first half of last season when they weren't scoring goals, but they were conceding a lot. Yes, they're conceding a lot, but they do know their way to the, find the net. And that should give the Staggies hope. And probably last weekend was a free hit as well. Maybe Ross County weren't expecting too much at Ibrox. But um, I, I, I don't think four goals flattered Rangers. I think they were well worth that many goals in the end. But fair, fair play to Ross County. They got two on the board and made it look respectable. But in my opinion, the gap was a bit wider in terms of the quality on the pitch that weekend. Sure. I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at. You know, There was only two goals in it. Two of Rangers' goals, there's not really much Ross County could have done about it. Like you say, they kept battling away. When they're not expecting to take much from Ibrox, I think, like you said, that's plenty to hold their head high about, and that's why I kind of assumed it was actually a decent performance, because any team can go Ibrox and concede four or five, six goals. doesn't yep. matter how good you are. So the fact that there were maybe two goals that they weren't particularly impressed by, but two goals that they could have done absolutely nothing about, and the fact that they've scored four goals against Rangers this season, you know, there's plenty to be going on with there. And Malky McKay made the point in press this week, which I hadn't actually realised until he said it. Ross County are the joint fourth highest scorers in the league. Yeah. You know, fair play to them. Well, you've seen it yourself. You know, they can't attack. You know, it's the defence that's a problem. For all uh, Harry Clark's superlatives, um, you know, he can be prone to a silly mistake. I think that's fair to say. There was one, he, he retweeted a couple of clips from the Rangers match on social media this week. And there was one of them where he made this brilliant last ditch tackle to deny yeah. Guy a chance of scoring. But the whole reason he had to make that tackle is because he was the wrong side of him in the first place. Yeah. So there's the good and the bad there, isn't there? Yeah, I think it was on Fashion Sakala was the, the challenge. And then I think that was at 1-1. And then from the resulting corner, Ryan Kent produces the absolute worldie. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm not taking away from Harry Clark. He's been one of the standouts this season for Ross County. Just prone to a silly mistake, in, in my opinion. I don't know. What, what do you do? Is that the focus in the January transfer window? Is he going to bring in one or two more defenders? Or is he just going to stick with what he's got? Well, I think the next, how long have we got until January? Six weeks or so are, are going to be really important in deciding that. Because here's the question I was going to pose you while you were talking about Harry Clark. Jake Vokins is now back, and he's back fit. He was in the squad against Rangers, albeit he didn't come on. But he is, I think, the only naturally left-sided defender that they yeah. have. Connor Randall's been in there the last few weeks, and Harry Clark has been at right back. What would you do there? Would you bring Vokins back in, put Randall out to the right, and put Clark back into the middle? Is it as simple as that 
reshuffle? Would you keep Clark where he is because he's playing so well? There's a bit of a conundrum here for Marky Mackay. They've got nothing to lose now, I suppose. You're, you're, was it four points off Dundee? Four yeah. points off with the game in hand, yeah. Game in hand, okay. Um, got nothing to lose. Um, I'm a great believer that if someone's uh, naturally suited to a, a certain position, you know, you, you try and play them. Although, I, you know, might be a bit hypocritical with me praising David Carson at Cali Thistle coming in at right back. I don't know. But um, I don't think there's been the same impact um, with like switching people in positions at Ross County. But you see the the, uh, the number of goals they're conceding. So, you know, but Harry when, Clark is the one. That's that's the one thing there. He's scored so many goals getting further yeah. forward down the right flank. Do you move mm-hmm. him back into centre back where he doesn't have that freedom to go forward anymore? Or is it just Connor Randall misses out and you bring Vokins in at left back but keep Clark where he is? There's a few I, different I'm options. Get, this is my point. Yeah, I mean, I'd give Vokins a chance. I think you've got nothing to lose. Um, maybe maybe just bring Harry Clark back into centre back and you know use him at set pieces. I don't know. But you know, that's the thing. Vokins is pretty much untested at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've got to find out what kind of player he is. So, yeah, when Vokins is fit, let's give him a shot and, and see what he can do. But um, they've just got to stop conceding so many goals. That's the one thing Mackay's got to figure out because going forward, yeah, they're finding the net, but their net is bulging as well. So they've got to figure out what's going wrong at the back. Is it because we're playing people out of position? They're not suited to where they're playing at the moment? That's for Mackay to figure out. I would like to think that having somebody who is a natural left-back will bring a much better balance to the defence than they've had so far this season when it's been Jack Burrows or Ben Payton and to an extent even Conor Randall, although he is a fullback, he is more naturally right-sided than he is left-sided. So I'd like to think that would have some sort of impact. Like you say, the short answer is we just don't know at the minute. We're going to need to actually see him on the pitch before we can make any sort of conclusions with that. But I feel like Vulcans is an obvious one to come back in. Whether that causes more problems for Malcolm McKay and the rest of the park where he fits everybody else in, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. It's not for another couple of weeks yet. They're back in action against Hibs on Wednesday night towards the end of the month. Um, so we'll probably actually talk about that next week because that episode the week after that will be out after the match. So <laughs> that'll give us something to discuss next week about Ross County when nothing really that much has been going on. Because they don't have a match, I feel like we've just absolutely rattled through Ross County. But let's move on anyway. Usually... Uh, next up, we'd go Highland League, but it's a bit different this time around because it's Highland League Cup action. Uh, I think pretty much every team is playing in the first round this time around. Will, what match are you actually going to in that this weekend? I am off to the Ferry San Siro uh, to watch Clark the Cudden play Strathspey Thistle. And uh, Clark the Cudden maybe looking for a bit of revenge over Strathspey Thistle. They won't admit it, but uh, in the North of Scotland Cup, Quarterfinal, Strathspey, Thistle, absolutely horse clack the cut in 4 0. And it came as a real big shock because in the week before that game, Clack the Cudden beat Strathspey, Thistle 4 1 in a Friday night Highland League match. So, a bit of a point to prove. I mean, Clack the Cudden have had a better season than Strathspey, Thistle, still in the top half of the league night and putting a really stubborn performance against Brecon City uh, last weekend. Uh, only lost 1 0. Didn't create that many chances, but they made it really tough for a breaking team that have desires of winning the Highland League and uh, getting back to League Two at the first time of asking. But uh, Jordan McDonald is up for the cup. 
Did you see what I did there? Up for the cup. Yeah. Yeah. Shop. Um, yeah, he, he believes that uh, as long as they're in the competition, it's a competition they could win. And uh, I, I would fancy Clark McCunnan to beat Strasbourg Fissle on Saturday. Um, a really talented young team. We've got James Anderson, who's scored 17 goals this season, which is well, quite a prolific strike rate, you know. Quite a few um, assists in there as well, I think. Yeah, he's a, he's a top wee player. So never say never with Clark McCunnan, but I, I would... Um, predict them to overcome Strasbourg Fissel and get out to the quarterfinal. So second week in a row I've been at Clark Nakodin. What's going on? I know it's the way the fixture lists have worked out, but it's always good to get to the Highland League grounds and you do quite enjoy it down at Grant Street. So yeah. I've got to say for uh, last weekend, Brecon City, what an away support they've got. Really? Fair play to them. I, I, I won't see how many there were because you know, I know I didn't count everyone, but you know it was quite a substantial away support, maybe close to 100, I don't know. Uh, also saw Craig Levine. Uh, what's his position at uh, Brecon City? He's got a position at Brecon City? Special advisor? That might have slipped my radar. I'm not sure I was aware of that. Wait a minute, I'm going to Google it. Yeah, Craig Levine is a full-time advisor to the board. All right, okay. And I know he works with BBC Radio Scotland as well, but uh, no, he was up in Inverness. Uh, on Saturday at Merkinch in the stand uh, with the breaking board. Yeah, starstruck. <laughs> Do you get a chance to interview him, like? No, I never spoke to him. No, no, he, he no time for the likes of me. Um, but, it's a missed uh, opportunity, Will. Could have been a, a mm-hmm. scoop for the local papers. I know, but uh, I spoke to Jordan McDonald's, so that, that was starstruck there as well. I, I'm easily impressed. But no, looking forward to going to Clarknacunnan again. Great club, and... Uh, Great to see them enjoying their most successful season in quite a while. We've talked a few times already on the podcast this season about how good the year has been going for Clack and, and how well they've been doing, how good of a job Jordan McDonald has done so far. I don't think anybody's realistically expecting them to end up challenging at the top of the Highland League. So is it the cup that really presents an opportunity for silverware or is that even getting a little bit too far ahead of them, do you think? They're not going to win the league. They don't have the same resources as the likes of Brecon uh, City, an Inverurie Locos, a Fort Martin, a Brora Rangers. Uh, Razor, I don't know how much money they've got, but they're doing well, apart from getting beat last weekend. Yeah, just when we were talking about them potentially running away with the league title, they go and lose. And now they go and lose. What a result that was for Rothfuss. Congratulations, by the way. But you no, know, they've got an excellent youth set up and they do believe in bringing through young talent and in one-off games, you know, you wouldn't put it past them, um, you know, going on a really good cup run, even though they had the disappointment of the North of Scotland Cup where they got horsed 4-0 by Strauss Bay. But um, against the top teams in the Highland League, apart from when they played Brora Rangers and maybe in Veruri Locos at the start of the season, they've given a good account of themselves. Uh, they only lost 1-0 to Brecon City. They gave Fort Martin United a good game, lost 4-2, but were 2-2 until midway through the second half. And Fraser Brown needed an injury time goal to beat Clarknacudden at Merkinch. So there's definitely been improvement at Clarknacudden, and that's a lot of credit to Jordan and the job him and his coaching team have done there. Not yet there, a lot of work to do, but uh, definitely encouraging signs at Merkinch. And I don't want to be too patronising, but uh, in the previous seasons, they have been in the bottom area of the league, but that's not going to be an issue for them this time. So they can easily achieve their first top half finish since 2013. You can see them doing it. 
because they're a better team than a lot of teams in the bottom half of the table. So it'd be great to see him do it. And, you know, just good news coming out of Merkinch. Sorry, not Merkinch. Clark McCudden. I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom in Merkinch. Merkinch is a great place. Of course, one of the teams that you alluded to just there in the bottom half of the table are Nairn County, who, again, we've talked about a few different times, have not had the best of starts to the season. They've got a tough match in the Cup themselves. They're due to be away to Bucky Thistle, assuming Bucky's ground isn't still waterlogged because they had a few issues a couple of weeks ago and there has been a bit more rain at times this week. Um, I was talking to Ronnie earlier in the week. He's basically saying there's no pressure on this game. You know, as much as... Uh, I wondered going into that conversation whether the cup would be a bit more of an opportunity for Nairn to remind people what they're actually all about this season, considering where they are in the league table. He was very much saying, look, we'll take it one game at a time. We know Bucky are a very good team. Um, Bucky are, I think, one goal off the highest scorers in the Highland League and have the joint best defence in the Highland League. So it's set up to be a tough task, especially away from home for Nairn. They do have one or two guys that came back from injury last week, but Ronnie, again, was pouring a bit of cold water on my optimism there and saying it's going to take them some time to get up to match fitness. So I suppose just best of luck to Nairn because they're expecting a tough match. I think everybody from the outside looking in will be expecting them to have a bit of a tough time of it. But it's the cup. You never know. They might get a win. They might get through. So fingers crossed for them. I'd be a bit more optimistic. Is it, I'm trying to remember your piece. Scott Davidson's coming back. Is that right? Scott Davidson was back on the bench last week in the league, um, but he'd only trained, I think, once or twice going into that. So another full week under his belt. Um, I did make the point to Ronnie that the likes of Scott coming back is a match winner. You know, he can make a huge difference yep. when Nairn aren't scoring goals. He's more than capable of going and doing that. But I, I'm, I'm sort of basing all this on what Ronnie said to me because he was so, I don't want to say pessimistic, because obviously you go into every game thinking you can win and believing you can win. But he was very much just like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not assume that now that Scott Davidson's back, everything's going to be fine. We're going to start scoring goals week after week after week. So, you know, fair enough. I can see where he's coming from for that. There's no point in putting too much expectation on Nairn over the next few weeks when a lot of these guys are still very much finding their feet and finding their fitness. Well, you know, Scott Davidson on his day is as good as any front man in the Highland League. So I'd be a bit more optimistic. Uh, maybe not this weekend because Bucky Fiss are a very good team and I would put Nairn as underdogs. But, it, you know, it's been a really tough season for Nairn. I don't think they've actually won a game in the league at home yet. Um, I think it's only their Scottish Cup win over Strathspey Fissel uh, was their only success at Station Park. But uh, they've had some good results away from home, uh, notably beating Huntley and they've beaten Keith at the start of the season as well. And they went to Strathspey Fissel and won. So... Well, here's the thing. They're unbeaten in their last five in the league. The problem is three of those have been draws. So yeah. they're becoming more difficult to beat now that guys are coming back, but they're still not quite managing to find a way to win games. And that's not going to be good enough. You'd have to believe against Bucky. I think it's very much I'm being quite negative here about Nair and you're trying to be really positive. I do believe Scott Davidson is a cracking player. I think Nair on their day are capable of getting a result against anyone in the league. But I already had that optimism beaten out of me by talking to Ronnie earlier in the week. That's all it is. I'm trying to be realistic more right. than saying they can do it. It's going to be great. Uh, the results are getting better. Yeah. Probably not as, much as good as they want it to be. But, you know, they are on an undefeated run. So every cloud has a silver lining, I guess. 
But yeah, I would put them as big underdogs for this weekend, but results are getting better. So have faith, folks, have faith. <laughs> well, let's move on to the North Caledonian League then, because I believe, well, there's a Rosher Derby on the cards tomorrow. Yep, St Duffus are playing in Vergordon um, at Grant Park. Alan Geegan, I spoke to him earlier this week. You know, he spoke about the previous time that they played um, in one of well, when he, I think he was caretaker manager at the time, and they got a, it was a one-one draw. But he thinks both teams are a lot better going into this weekend in terms of form. So that's going to be an intriguing match. Uh, you know, Inver Gordon back in the title hunt, but didn't play last weekend because Orkney pulled out because of the COVID outbreak. St Duffus, their game against Farso last weekend was abandoned due to kill force wins. And uh, in Caithness, it has to be really windy before a game's called off because, oh my goodness, they're, they're used to hurricane force wins up there. Yeah, you're clearly uh, talking um, from experience there. Yeah, so they, they must have, it must have been really bad before a game was called off in Caithness due to wind. Um, but uh, you know the, the game for me of the weekend is Loch Ness against Gulsby Sutherland at Fortrose. Uh, Loch Ness, one point behind Hulkirk United at the top of the table, and they're taking on champions Gulsby Sutherland, who aren't too far away themselves. But that'll be a cracker. But I spoke to Shane Carlin, the Loch Ness manager. He says if they can beat Gulsby, there'll be a big statement on whether Loch Ness can win the title this season. So that that's the game of the day for me. It's still relatively early days in the title hunt, but that already feels like a game that could have quite a big bearing on where the league title ends up come the end of the season. Because if Loch Ness win that, Gosby, like I say, they're not too far away, but they're far enough away that if they lose it and lose more ground, it's going to look quite difficult for them to get back into it. On the flip side of that, if Gosby win, they're going to be right up there in the mix, you know, the same sort of points as the likes of Loch Ness. And with them having the experience of having won the championship the last twice there have been champions, that momentum and that experience you'd think is going to take them all the way forward. So like I say, it's early on, but it does feel like it could be a really pivotal weekend in the title hunt. Yeah. I mean, Gulsby, uh, only five points behind at the moment, uh, the leaders Hulkirk United, but they have a game in hand. So if they, they can't close the gap, um, it could have a big psychological impact on what they do for the rest of the season. You know, the top four, Hawkirk, Loch Ness, Invergordon, Gulsby. I would have to consider them as the four that have the potential to win the league this season. At the same time, Orkney, 12 points, Nair County, 12 points, not too far away themselves. Uh, even St Duffus on 11. But uh, Hawkirk, Loch Ness, Invergordon, Gulsby, you would have to consider one of those four will, will win the league this season. And the results between those teams uh, will have a major bearing on who does lift the crown. And on a similar note, uh, in women's football, in the Championship North, two of the top teams play each other there in another match that could have quite a big impact on what happens at the end of the season. We briefly mentioned it last week, but Cali Thistle are hosting East Fife at Inverness Royal Academy on Sunday afternoon. This is third against second, and with Inverness having... A game in hand over East Fife. They're currently three points behind with a better goal difference. A win here could really, really go a long way to making sure they at least have a top two finish come the end of the campaign, which would mean they're still in with a chance of promotion. Second is, of course, a playoff spot this season. Top of the league champions go straight up because there's extra promotion places into the SWPL2 this year. 
So it's a big occasion. I was chatting to Karen Mason, really are passing us back and forth in terms of who's talked to who this week. <laughs> I've done, I think one me, one you, one me, and vice versa. Um, Karen was saying it, it's more about getting up the league table than it is about beating East Fife specifically. It was back in the first day of the season, East Fife won 2-1 against Inverness on their home pitch. So it's not so much about getting revenge as it is just getting themselves back in the promotion hunt. And I think that has to be the way they approach this. It, it has to all be about where they're going to be at the end of the year, um, what they can achieve this season rather than getting revenge against specific teams. But we know it's going to be a, a tough test for them based on what happened on that first game of the league. And when they played in pre-season, I think there was only one goal in it there too. So Inverness have had a few big wins over recent weeks. They've scored plenty of goals, but it promises to be a much, much tighter affair this weekend. Uh, just wanted to give a quick mention as well to say congratulations to Stephen Munro and Emma Miller from Highland Boxing Academy. They were both in action at a club show, the first time HBA had been back in domestic action since the pandemic. Both managed to win. It was Emma Miller's first win for Highland Boxing Academy. Stephen Munro's first win for a little while after a string of really close decision losses right before the pandemic. So congratulations to both of them. They both performed quite well in the ring, uh, Stephen Munro in particular with the unanimous decision nearly getting a knockout at one point. So well done to them um, and it's good to see boxing properly back up and running in the way we used to know it rather than just the odd competition here or there. Uh, yeah. Just It's great to see sport is back. I know I've said that a few times on the podcast but sport really is back in pretty much its normal form right now which is great. Is there anything else I haven't touched on this week? Well I think I've covered most of it. Is there anything I missed? Congratulations, Joseph Humboldt, goal of the month for October. I'm going to go as far as to say it's going to be goal of the season. Really? If you know, you know. If, if, if you saw it, you know it was a spectacular free kick from 462 miles out straight into the <laughs> top right corner. Unstoppable. Still better than Ryan Kent's goal against Ross County last weekend. I don't think that'll be beat. If there's a goal of the season competition, I think Joe Humboldt's uh, won it already. That's a big statement to make, but I still just can't get over that's his first ever senior goal. And that's how he did it. That's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Well, if that's everything, Will, we'll knock this one on its head because there's not much more to talk about. And we did the fantasy football at the start of the show this week for some reason instead of the end of it. So I uh, just have enough time to say, go and listen to the other podcasts that Highland News and Media have to offer. There are still episodes of Active Outdoors every now and then going up. You can go back and listen to the whole of the first season of Health and Lift Nest. It's always timeless stuff there. Um, so you can go and listen to that whenever when you want some tips about working out or keeping or getting fit. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do on Twitter at balls underscore whistles or by emailing balls and whistles at hnmedia.co.uk both of those contacts are in the description of the episode as well so if you don't want to write it down while I'm saying it you can just go and copy and paste it from there it's all very very accessible I think for the time being that's all we've got so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week